Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Takedown. Really quick, before we get going, I want to shout out to our sponsors, Phone Soap. Go to phonesoap.com, use the code TAKEDOWN, and you get a special Black Friday sale going on right now. Phone Soap is the best way to sanitize and to charge your phones. And also go to Future Kimonos if your husband, boyfriend, or yourself uh, do jiu-jitsu and you're looking for a new jiu-jitsu gi, go to the link in our podcast bio and buy you a future kimono. They are absolutely fucking badass. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they actually have a warranty. I'm actually, uh, I was actually just looking at the warranty, but I wasn't really paying attention. My mind was kind of everywhere else because I'm so excited to introduce today's guest. He is the founder of uh, Quick Sesh. What is up, below? Hey, how's it going, Josh, man? I appreciate you having me on your show today. No, man, I appreciate you being here. This is, uh, this is exciting shit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so for anybody that is wondering, right, I've already I've already name dropped, but tell us what Quick Sesh is. Yeah, so you know, Quick Sesh is basically a platform where uh, you uh, or where or where we service people, uh, people's computer issues. So we get people connected with reliable and skilled technical professionals, um, and they can resolve their computer issues online. So from your computer being slow, from installation issues, from, oh, I'm stuck on this code and I don't know how to debug it. Uh, so it's a wide variety of issues. And um, so I like to call it uh, the Uber for computer issues. I like it, man. I like it. Uh, for anybody that's listening, go to www.quicksesh.io and uh, you can see everything that they have on the website. Bilal, how did you, um, like, how did this idea come to you? Yeah, so the story behind the idea is uh, it's, did you go, did you go all Steve Jobs and like drop acid and, and it just <laughs> man, I wish no man, but uh, I feel like I feel like I'd have probably came up with a much better idea if I did that. Oh no, that's but, a uh, good idea, man. <laughs> but no, um, I was just I just graduated high, uh, college, um, and I was working in the tech field like in desktop support. And uh, I was just trying to make extra money. I was living in Memphis. Uh, I went to University of Memphis, and I was just living in Memphis. And I wanted to make some extra money on the side. But Memphis, it's pretty dangerous at night. Like uh, it's not the safest. And I wanted, because I wanted to do Uber on the side. But you know, we hear these stories about like Uber shootings, especially in Memphis at the time. And I didn't, I didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to put like my family through the stress and worry about me like driving Uber and something like that happen. So I was trying to see if there was like a tech for Uber that I could just do on the side and, you know, put something on my resume as well, just so I could show them all of this and pat my resume up as well. And I couldn't find anything. Um, and uh, at that time I knew how to code. So I just decided to code it myself. So I coded everything from the front end, the back end, all the security pieces of it uh, solo. Did you so go to, did uh, you go to college for IT? I didn't mean to cut you off. I went, Oh, no, no, you're fine. Uh, I went to college for management information systems. Okay. And funny enough, like, uh, like it's the bridge between IT and business. But, like, I half-assed it. Like, I, my coding class, I got a C in. Like, I was so bad in coding. Like, and the only reason why I passed it, because me and, like, two of my close friends, we were in it together. And that coding class, they carried me. Like, we had group projects, and they pretty much carried me through it. And, um, and like, the, the only way that I got into IT was, or um, 
this degree because I was just going to do like a basic business admin degree because I didn't know what I wanted to do uh, in college. And uh, one of my friends uh, pitched his um, degree to me, the major he's doing. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty interesting. It's, it's broad enough for me to go in the business field or the IT field. And um, but yeah, so it's a uh, management information systems. At, uh, at 22, like, which is typically, well, I mean, you go to college at 18, right? But uh, just being, like, your your late teens, like, early 20s, like, I don't think any of us really know what we want to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. It's, yeah, so, like, it's uh, so crazy that, like, we're, we're tasked with that at such a young age. Like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't 100%. Fucking, 100%. I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> like, like, if I could go back in time, I'd probably take the uh... – like how the Europeans do and take like a gap year. Oh yeah, I took, between, I took like, a gap year that became like seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, I remember my counselor in high school because I was telling her like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do is take a gap year. And then she was like, well, there's a lot of people that take gap years that don't go back to school, so do not, I wouldn't do it if I was you. And then I talked to my mother about it and she said the same thing because I was 17 at the time and she was not signing off on that. And I was like, okay, I'll just go to school. Uh, yeah, I can definitely confirm. I've actually went back. Um, like I was yeah. actually pursuing like an IT degree online. But the thing about online school, man, and like I feel really bad for anybody uh, in elementary, middle, high school, or even college oh, yeah. right now that's doing everything online because making time to do those classes, like when you have mm-hmm. an actual like a, a life outside, like I have a daughter, like I have I have a wife, like I have I I teach MMA and and Muay Thai and self-defense like I have uh, oh, a, nice. a full uh, like a full-time job yeah thank you um I have a full-time job but like it's super hard to make time to like sit down on the computer and like actually dedicate exactly I I was doing the same thing I uh I had a scholarship actually to wrestling college and mm-hmm. I got hurt my senior year so the college oh, informed me that I was gonna have to redshirt my freshman year and I was like oh I don't really want to go to college if I can't wrestle so yeah, I, I was taking my quote unquote gap year and uh, <laughs> I got a job. I got a job in a local warehouse, man, and I made some good money and then I just never like looked back. back. But yeah. Yeah. But still at, no. at 26, though, you've you've figured out coding enough to create this website, though. So kudos to you, bro. Oh, man. Thank you. But like, yeah, it, it took it took a while just because like uh, I was never good at coding. So I had to teach myself how to code. So I went to and did like a. Uh, a coding boot camp. So when you're talking about like online, like online uh, class taking, I, I feel your pain because that's exactly that boot camp was to learn how to code it was all online and it was a struggle to say the least. So was it remote or did you have to like show up somewhere? Oh no no, it was all remote. So it was just completely online. Like uh, and it wasn't even like people teaching us. It was just like pre-recorded videos we watch and if we have an issue, we can just like. I am someone or email someone and they will like help us through and like and it and like thinking back at it I'm surprised that I went through it like I'm surprised I was able to just like just do it because I'm pre- I'm a pretty lazy person I mean had to grow out of that clearly but like uh I think that that was a turning point right there are you are you saying you're a lazy person because you're like kind of hard on yourself or are you because I mean the way that I'm looking at it right now, like you're 26 years old and you've already created a startup. You seem very passionate about it and you seem like you're having a really good time. Like most lazy people that I know haven't gotten that far. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, I guess I would say I was kind of lazy, like right out of college, like the whole, the, the only, the reason how I got into coding, 
Like, um, I, I was dating this girl at the time. Like, um, we were together for a while. And I thought, you know, like, everything was going well. Like, we were together for, like, two years. Never really fought. Never really argued. Uh, we, like, had a few arguments here and there. But it was nothing, like, really serious. And she lived in um, the Bay Area, uh, like, San Jose area. And I would go out to Cali and visit her, uh, like, every other month and stay there for, like, two weeks. And um, she was the one who pushed me and, like, believed in me. Like, because, uh, you know, I was... Like I was head over heels for like to the point where I'd be like, you know, like I want, I don't want finance to be the issues of our like marriage. So like I'm trying to bust ass and like figure out what I wanted to do. This was like after college, uh, and I was working like I think yeah, my first job at a, at a college. And I was making decent money. It was like uh, I think it was like sixty, seventy k a year. So I was making like decent money. But like I wanted more, just so like I could I was could be able to support us, and um, and yeah, and then she believed me to the point because I was thinking of like opening up like a cell phone shop or like something, you know, like a dropship store, or, like just something. And then she was like, you know, you're smart enough not to make like like thousands of dollars here and there. Like you're smart enough to make millions. Like you like I see how you work. Like you're a pretty strong worker. Like you're not dumb. Like you can like figure out things. Like stop thinking small and start thinking big. And like she pushed me and like not gonna lie like i'm glad that i did meet like we did meet and like everything happened but like honestly without her i don't i don't know if i would broke out of that like laziness or or that that period you know like right after college where you just like got a job and just chilling you know yeah well that's the thing too about like uh like about relationships when you're in your early uh, like your your late teens, early twenties, like the relationships oh, yeah. that you make at that point in your life, like they can really have a uh, a very positive effect or a very negative effect on you depending exactly. on how you uh, like how you interpret it. And it sounds like she had a really uh, like a really positive um, impact on your life. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. But yeah, uh, yeah. When you say that you're you're like lazy though, I mean that's. I feel like I feel like you're a hard worker, right? And I feel like oh, yeah. to to a certain degree, like I feel like anybody who's like a hard worker, like not performing to the best of their abilities is like is like what it, that's what comes off as lazy to like us cuz I'm the same way, bro. Mm-hmm. Like I I work a full-time job, like I coach um I coach Muay Thai and like self-defense and like I know like yeah. like I skipped the gym yesterday because I had a lot of shit to do like around my house. Like I needed to get some laundry done, I needed to go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I felt lazy because I'd skip the gym even though I got like all this other stuff done like I still felt uh, like a little lazy you know what I mean yeah no and I feel like I feel like I'm the same way I'm just hard on myself like my schedule like if I tell you my schedule like I wake up usually like around 5 uh, I have a, a gym like in my apartment building it's a pretty nice gym like it has stair steppers it has free weights it has like a place where I can deadlift and like power clean so like, I can do a workout there and I come back and like quick session is still in like early beta stage, so um, it's making money here and there, small money, um, and I didn't get investment, so like everything that I'm doing towards this company is coming right out of pocket. So I'm still working a full time job from like seven to four, seven to uh, yeah, about seven to four, eight to eight to five or something like around there. So I'm working a full time job, uh, work then then right after that, like I work on quick session, so like. I do podcasts. I, I deal with issues that do come in. I deal with like any support, um, like any like support triage, like throughout the day as well. Just so like we have like these IT professionals or uh, freelancers 
um, and these consumers. And if they have an issue where the IT professional isn't able to um, like triage the issue and like fix the computer issue, that's where I'll hop in and be like, okay, let's see what's going on. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I feel you. I feel you. Cause just because like a lazy person won't be able to do all of that, you know, but I just feel like there's a lot more time of the day. I feel like I can be doing more, but I, I try to tell myself I need to slow down sometimes, just smell the roses. Cause I just feel like I just put my head in the sand and don't look up and it's already October. So it's just like, all right. Well, no, not only that, I mean, this has been like one of the weirdest years in the human Yo, existence. Man. You um, have the truth. But yeah, like I, I feel like I feel the same way, man. Like it's very easy to, to see in fighting, we kind of call it like biting down on the mouthpiece because mm-hmm. you just kind of grit your teeth and go on. You know what I mean? So like, in a way, like, that's kind of what you do. Like, you, you go to work, and you come straight home, and, like, it's almost like the work never ends, if that, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, man, I mean, you might you might interpret it as being lazy a day or two, but, man, you got to have those breaks, bro. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's very cool, though. Like, it's very cool seeing somebody, like, and not only that, like, at our age, too, who's, like, mm-hmm. hustling as hard as you are and pushing a product out, um, as as genuine as this product is, so kudos to you, bro. Do you have anybody? Man, I thank you. Do you have anybody working for you right now at QuickSash, or uh, is it just you right now? No, no, man, it's just me. Like, uh, I like, yeah, it's just me. Like front end, back end, like coding wise, business aspect wise, uh, people with marketing, I deal with them. Like, I mean, I don't deal with people with marketing. Like, I do my own marketing on social media marketing. Uh, you know, like, I just feel like I'm not reinventing the wheel, so to speak. Like, like people have marketed before, people have set up business plans before, uh, and all that. So, like, I just go online and figure out um, what's next or how to do something. But that is another reason why I did move to Denver, is just for the resources. So, like, uh, I moved to Denver for resources. So, like, I met a few mentors and a few advisors out here who, like, helped me out with, like, my business plan or like financial projections for this company and it's all for free like denver has a lot of free resources which is good i was i was gonna ask how you went from memphis to denver uh so oh, it's, yeah. it's mainly like a company decision like like as far as like quick sash goes yeah yeah and just because like when i was in memphis when i did go to these like different like startup events like to either like network or to you know just just to try to learn something it was in when i was going there back like 2018, 2019, like early 2019, it was uh, um, just not talking about the tech and the innovation that I was into, you know, like I wasn't necessarily learning anything to push quick sesh forward. And uh, my little brother already lived out in Denver, Colorado for college. So I was just like, um, I found a job out here. Uh, they offered to move me. And I was like, well, I mean, I just feel like I just felt like that was a big opportunity. So I was like, I'm just going to hop on that. Sometimes those opportunities are just too good to, to actually pass it. Right. And what's so cool about right. Denver is, is Denver's, um, yeah, like Denver has like a huge history in like agriculture and horticulture and farmers and ranchers and stuff. But it's also very progressive mm-hmm. in the sense that like, um, like Denver, as far as like like being progressive, like they're moving forward right now. Like they've de- decriminalized mushrooms in Denver. Yeah, they did. Um, they did. Yeah, he, you said that. You said that awfully, awfully sneakily. Have you? Have you? <laughs> have you been sneaking off and eating the, the magic mushrooms? 
Oh, no, man. Like, my first week here, well, not my first week, but, like, I, I try to get into, like, a good mental head, headspace before I do that. But the big turnoff for me with mushrooms was, uh, there's a story. One of my friends here, it was his first time taking mushrooms, and uh, I was just like, yeah, um, you know, I'll trip sit, no problem. And um, um, I told him, just tell me when, because I was going to go on this, like, nine mile hike in the morning and I won't be back until like four o'clock. And um, so I just, I, so I, as soon as I came back, I texted him. I was like, hey, uh, you're still good on the hike? He, uh, I mean, you're still good um, on the trip set? He's like, nah, uh, the girl I'm doing it with late. So, you know, I'm just gonna go on a hike. I said, okay, that's cool, whatever. Um, and then a few hours later, I got a call from him. He was like, hey, um, I took those shrooms and I don't know how to get down from this hike. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no way, man, no way. And this one was at like 10 o'clock at night. Oh, and I was just like, I was just, and, and this was like peak when the wildfires were happening, like uh, in Colorado. And he was in this small town called Evergreen. That's where the hike was at. Like he told me the trailhead's name. So I wrote that down. Um, and I'll just start driving out there. It's like an hour. Well, it's about like, no, that the trail where that started is about an hour away from downtown. And well, yeah, about 50 minutes to an hour. And um, as soon as we made it there, his, his, his girlfriend was there. It was pitch black. It was like 11 something. And it was four trailheads right at, the, right at that trailhead he marked for us. Oh, so we did not know which one he was at. And... Um, so I called our other friends. I was just like, hey, um, I need y'all to like come 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 to where I'm at. Like this dude just took a whole bunch of mushrooms and went on a hike at level like at night, which like which like tripped me out just because that day I was going on a hike with one of my friends and now we were talking about going night hiking and then we were both like, Yeah, this is definitely not a good time because the wildfires are out and it's just bringing the animals in. I was like, yeah, like I don't, I don't want to die out there. So then that night I was literally freaking out thinking, cause we smelled the smoke throughout the entire hike looking for this dude. And, um, you were and yeah, close? that's all. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, uh, we weren't that close to him. Like the wildfires were like driving wise, like five and a half hours away. Uh, but like, we still smelled the smoke. Like I still smelled it, which was wild. And like even downtown Denver at some days, like it was like six hours away, we just saw some smoke and just melted like throughout the day. That is so crazy. It yeah. is, it is. Uh Denver's very like very progressive, like as far as, as uh the decriminalization of mushrooms which I'm all for, man, because yeah, uh, you know, I'm heavily involved in mixed martial arts and and you know, C T E is a, a very real thing and, and yep. psilocybin has been I guess not fully proven, but is being proven to be um, sort of the uh, like the benefiting factor as far as like uh, recovering like with CTE, mm-hmm. uh, which which you know I I hold Denver like in a, a special place in my heart just for that reason. You know what I mean? But yeah, uh, Denver's definitely it's getting very techy out there, and it's getting no, very, yeah, it's it, it's, it's it a is. very good place to be, man. Honestly, I really do. I'm really glad I made this move. Like I was. Like Memphis was cool. Uh, I never knew. I never thought that was gonna be home. Like I always wanted to move, like to like San Francisco, Oakland area, or like to like Chicago or something like that. And like I just thought Denver was gonna be like a one year thing, two year thing, and then move on. But like ever since coming here, I went to Rocky Mountain National Park and like blew me away. And I just 
like go hiking every weekend, just hanging out and like just chilling. Cause there's always something to do. Like if I'm ever bored on a weekend, I can easily drive 20 to 30 minutes to go on a hike. You know? well, well, not only that, like it's, it's a lot safer than Memphis too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Much safer. I, I grew yeah, up in the Appalachian mountains, bro. I, I grew up in Bristol, Virginia. So like, I know exactly <laughs> yeah. you know, when you, when you start talking about Memphis, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Memphis is wild, man. I'm, I'm glad you made it the is. move though, because Denver, like I said, Denver's so like it's booming right now, man. Cause all, no, the, it really is. All the people are moving to, well, not even to Denver, but just Colorado in general. Colorado in general. People yeah. are moving. Colorado and Texas, bro. Austin, Texas has its very own Silicon Valley now. See, I would love to move to Austin, but man, I don't know. I think I, I'm just too spoiled out in Denver now. Like if I moved to Austin first, I, don't get me wrong. I feel like I would love it, but man, I don't know. Like I haven't been down to Austin in like two years. So maybe, I don't know. It might change my mind. My, uh, my best friend in the world is a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, but, oh, man. but I, I feel like, uh, like Hank Hill has made me an honorary Texan from all the Kings. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But I, man, oh, yeah. I, I love Texas, man. And my job actually is based out of Texas. Um, oh, nice. So I, I love Texas, but I also, man, Colorado is one of those places. Like, that's where that's where I want to retire. You know what I mean? Cause, yeah. Because Denver, yeah. Denver itself is just so cool. And there's, you know, the the, the surrounding areas of Denver, too. You know, like Arvada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. it's nice, man. Golden. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of cool places around here. Golden's where, uh, where Coors is brewed, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and there's this badass sunset hike that I go on, like when I want to go on a date, and uh, it's it's like you can see the Coors factory, like it's overlooking Golden, and you just see the just see the sunset going down, and it's like Coors right there. Can we talk about dating for a moment? Oh yeah, yeah. What is what is dating like for you, being that you are uh, like so busy, you're you're currently working on this startup that is Quicksash, which I have no doubt in my mind is gonna blow up. Um, Thank you. But but like, what is dating like for you right now? Um, like it's been difficult. Like, so me and my ex, we broke up about like two and a half, almost three years ago. Well, yeah, about two and a half years ago, and um, that propelled me to do quick sesh. Like, um, like uh, basically the breakup was pretty bad. Um, like her parent, like she's not white; she's uh, Palestinian. And, and I'm like, my, my mother is Kuwaiti and my dad is American and I'm Muslim and she's Muslim. And, um, um, you know, like I was ready to, like, we were both ready to like take the next step, get engaged and like start working towards, towards that. And, uh, basically, um, you know, she brought me up to her parents before and her parents just like brushed it away. And when she tried to bring it up again, whenever it starts getting serious, they basically said if she marries a black man, their, her parents gonna disown her, and she, and that's how we broke up. She just broke up with me really? after that. He dead ass man, and like oh, that and, dude, right? Like and that and like you know, like if something that I did wrong or something, like you know what, I'll own it. But like like I was just trying to get her parents on the phone with me to like just talk to them, just because like. Even at 23, I was, you know, I was pretty mature for my age. So, like, I don't think there was anything, like, that was wrong with me back then just because, like, I was, you know, graduated college, got a good job, had an ambition to do something, was working towards something. And so after that happened, man, that just kicked me into overdrive. So, like, 
like I put my head down for like about a about a year, not really dated anyone, and just just worked on code. Uh, you know, uh, so I got the business, prolonged the business pretty far. Like I went pretty far with, you know, like developing the business plan. Like that year after the breakup, just because like I I had like a little bit of hope if I you know got it started, you know I could reach back out to her and you know, and you know just see just seeing if it was something, but. Like thinking, like thinking about it now, I'm glad I didn't just because like, you know, I don't need that. Like, I don't need to be begging for someone like that if they're just going to let go if it, that easily, you know. But, you know, uh, dating now, like, so I took that year off, you know, really didn't do anything, moved to Denver. Um, and like, I still didn't, I still like didn't want a relationship at the time. Like, I, I just, you know, just wanted to hang out, you know, go on dates. But not having like a boyfriend, girlfriend title, like I don't mind hanging out uh, and like, you know, not, you know, uh, have sex or anything with any other female. But I, I don't know, like every time I try to get into that, that type of situation, I always get like backed into a corner where I they want to be in a relationship. And I'm just like, I don't. And I tell them that in the beginning, but they still think that they haven't like they, they still think they can change that idea. But I'm. But I'm, you know, I I know what I want, and like when I tell people that's exactly what I want, and there's no, there's probably no way you can change it, cause I'm, like I I, I don't want anyone to be like, hey, I had this planned this day, like uh, we we had we got to go do it, like if I if I don't if I had a girlfriend, then be like, okay, let's go do this, girl, you know, like I I I would feel kind of obligated to do it, but since I don't have a girlfriend, if someone tell me like, hey, we got this at seven thirty on Saturday, be like, kind of busy coding, like I can't do it. And, you know, if they if they get their butt hurt, they get their butt hurt. But, you know, that's not really on me. But it's just just lately it's been like that. But I did meet someone like recently and she's been pretty cool, like because she has passion and shit into her own thing. Like she's she's real big in journalism, which is like totally different field from everything I'm in. So it's pretty cool getting to know her and stuff. And, you know, we've just been hanging out and, you know, just chatting and seeing where things go, which is all I've ever wanted. So I feel like I've been opening up slowly, but it's just. It is, it is, like, it's just, you know, it's just, I guess, take this time. Like, I, cause, cause I guess that's the trade-off, you know, like, with my busy schedule and me trying to get where I want to go, like, you know, I guess that's kind of the sacrifice I need to make just because, like, I didn't move out to Colorado away from, like, my mother, my sister, to, like, just bullshit an opportunity away, you know, like, I don't want to, like, you know, my mom, my mom's, you know, she's still youngest, she, like, in her 50s, but, you know, she, like, I want to bust ass just so, like, you know, I can be like, hey, mom, you can retire and, like, enjoy life and not just be working and not just work and work and work, you know? So, like, I always have that, like, in the front of my mind while, like, when I'm trying to develop quick sets just because, you know, like, I know it's not a big responsibility on me, but, like, I, I'm going to put that responsibility on myself just because, like, I feel like, um, you know, all the things that she did in her life for me and, like, my brother and my sister, like, she needs uh have that in return well that's like the ultimate um like the ultimate sign of like respect is like wanting to succeed so people around you um not so they can retire that's not like the, that's not what i'm trying to say but so they can yeah they can essentially uh not have to worry about things uh mon- exactly. monetary value stuff like that so that's the ultimate right sign right of respect. um you, you mentioned that, that her family you said she was palestinian um, yeah. her family didn't approve of her dating an African-American guy and, and yep. because I am um, like 
Sorry, I had to cough and I muted the mic. Uh, because I'm <laughs> from you, I'm from like the Appalachian Mountains, where uh-huh. it's, it's a very predominantly uh, white or predominantly Native American culture there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never like encountered anything of that nature before. So when you said that, my mind was actually f- like fucking blown uh, that somebody right. that somebody's culture would would prevent them from dating outside of their uh, culture. I guess, which is it's absolutely mind blowing, but. Um, that's got to be like a super tough thing to deal with, man. And I, I, you, kudos to you, bro, because you said you put your head down and you started working. People let things either motivate them or they let them get them get them down. And you seem to have exactly really pushed exactly. through it, and that's that's very commendable on your behalf. But that is so <laughs> mind blowing to me that that I mean, in a way, like I understand, and it's not that I understand because of like of that situation, like I. I understand because of the fact that, like, I don't understand that culture. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I no, understand. No, I understand. Like, uh-huh. there's like a, um, like, there's a whole different part of the world that I don't understand. Like, like you yeah. know what I mean? So, like, their traditions and like their values, like, I'm not gonna understand. So I can understand that, um, that like I I wouldn't understand this situation. Like, you you know, what yeah. I mean? you, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's that's yeah, the point I'm that I'm, I'm trying to get across is like I truly like in my mind I cannot fathom the idea of someone of, of you know dating someone and them saying oh well hey you don't you, you don't fit this bill that my my parents approve of so right. yeah, sorry like I can't fathom that but I I do truly understand like in some cultures it probably is like that but still in and, in 2020 no, and, yeah go no ahead. and that exactly and that's what exactly what I'm gonna say like this is like it's 2020 that happened like back a few years ago but still like and on top of that they're a family from california and on top of that like they were born here like only her dad was born overseas so it's, it's not like it's, it's not like they're like you know first generation like i i'm first generation here you know i was born in kuwait and i came here when i was like seven so for them to for them to even think that way it's just it, it like like because i grew up in the south i grew up in tennessee you know, Memphis, Tennessee, and, like, I never, like, I felt racism, you know, a little bit, like, light jabs here and there, like, not anything heavy enough to, like, break me down, but, like... Just to know that it was evident. Yeah. Yeah, that's, even still, man, like, that right there, that, that, like, that's one of those things that's pissed me off, like, my entire life, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it just, and, you know, I'm from, you're from Tennessee, like, I'm from Virginia, it's like, we're from the same area, like, I completely understand exactly what you're saying, but, but still, in 2020, though, like, or, well, I guess this was, was, you said it was three years ago, so even in 2017, though, bro. Exactly, exactly. Anything, go ahead. uh, No, no, and and that's what blew my mind at the time, I was like, no way, like, at least get me on the phone with them, like, there's no way they're just gonna do this, without at least talking to me. Yeah, post like post Y two K, like everything's more technologically advanced, and like in a way, like society itself has grown, like mm-hmm. from from two thousand and up. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So that's what's so fucking mind blowing to me, bro. And that's that's a lot of the stuff. Like I try to not hit on politics, and I try to not really hit on like religion too too much on the mm-hmm. podcast. But, like that's the thing with like, um, like with all these these things going on, like these these racial divides, like I do, yeah. like I truly do not understand how we're in 2020, 
and there's and it's still, still an issue. Yeah, that's that's what I don't understand, man. So I no. Yeah, my my sympathy goes to you, brother, because that's yeah, that's, that's shitty, bro. But I'm glad that the you know you kind of said like it's not really stopping, and you are kind of going on dates. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean yeah. to, like I didn't mean to pry in like your personal life. <laughs> no, 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 man. No, uh, man, no. It's the conversation. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was curious because you you sound like a very busy, uh, like a very busy person, and I can only imagine like you have a lot of motivated people around you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, not really. Like I, I go. One of my best friends is Jimmy, and he is pretty motivated. Like, he, like, when I was 16, like, my dad, he was never really in my life. Like, like I had, if he pretty much left when I was, like, 12, 13, like, just got out of the house. And, like, even when he was in my life at a young age, like, he, uh, he never worked. Like, we moved to the States, and my mom started working, like, two jobs because he just didn't want to work. So it was just like, all right. So I was saying, I was saying that at a young age, seeing him not doing anything, seeing him being like abusive. Like, uh, I had like a scar on my knee just because, like, when I was younger, he like told me to do the dishes or something, man. Like, I don't even remember exactly. And I, I like, I fell asleep because I had like football practice, and I like fell asleep. Uh, and he like woke me up and like uh, asked me why I didn't do the dishes. And there was a table between me and him, and I was standing up, and he was sitting down, and he just kicked the table like towards me, and it like busted my kneecap. And I was like, I don't know, man, like maybe 10, like maybe 11. And so like he left, my mom like kicked him out of the house and, and like, um, you know, my mom been doing her, like she's been busting ass. Like my mom is hardworking. Like she, she, she took care of me, my brother and my sister being from another country on her own. And like, and after seeing her work as hard as she did just to get us where we're at, like, you know, like knock on wood, like all of us are doing well. I'm the oldest. My brother is 20, 23, and like he's about to finish college. My sister is seventeen, and she's about to finish. She's about to finish high school and go to college. So like she did a great job with all three of us, especially being not even being from the states, you know. But yeah. I feel like that was pretty much my main motive, my like my main motivator, and like my friend Jimmy, like just because he took me under his wing when I was like sixteen, you know. Like I was, I thought I was like the shit, you know, in high school. Like I had that, like I was playing football and I thought I was gonna, you know, go to the NFL cause I was just such a hard worker, the weight room and like all this shit. And he was just like, dude, no, nah, there's no way you make it to the pros. He was like 24, 25 or something like that. He was, he was older than me, but we worked together at a uh, cricket. I was where I worked at cricket in high school, cell phone shop. And um, he was just like, dude, there's no way in hell you make it to the pros. And like, he actually started to get me to think life outside of like just football and you know professional sports and just like that narrative so like I still talk to him to this day like me and him were really good friends and you know like um just talk just talking to him about you know his businesses like the stuff that he was able to do and like every time I did have like a question or just like you know like he basically taught me like how to be a quote-unquote man like um like just dealing with like a whole bunch of issues and stuff that you know I have to deal with like, um, like putting I guess I guess what I could say is like putting like stuff forefront in my mind just because like he's Palestinian as well and like you know like in the Arab like quote unquote culture it's 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 very like man toxic like it's still like overseas for instance like you know the men work like have like pretty dominantly the men work and, and you know. There's a lot of there's a lot of nuances with Quaint, and that that's just a topic on its own. 
but um you know he just basically instilled in me that you know like um you gotta start you gotta think forward you can't just like think in the moment and just think everything is gonna be dandy like if you wanna you know make a million dollars you gotta figure out a game plan on how to get there don't just like hope and pray that it's gonna get there one day you know yeah. so he, he's the one who got me to start thinking like that but seeing my mom and then him like basically telling me how things get done is basically a, a lethal combination you know like i feel like that got me to where i'm at today i think there's something uh like something to be said like like my dad was like a super hard worker like when i was growing yeah. up but my mother she uh she went through she had cancer she had stage four lymphoma, oh, man. and she was going through um just like a a, a wide variety of different things until the doctors mm-hmm. actually figured out what was wrong with her um and so like like i seen my mom my mom was in a coma for i think oh man i think 29 days because uh the cancer they it was like nobody could detect it for some reason mm-hmm. and uh so seeing my mom at like a young age and i was i was in like seventh grade you know so uh what is that like you're you're 12 13 years old so at a yeah young that age, was like, rough i seen my mom struggle yeah but then i seen my mom uh like push back and she pushed hard and she oh man that's good she fought it yeah she fought it and she she's in remission now but from a young age like like those are my like impressions like you have these memories like and i'm sure you do too Mm -hmm. of like when you were like four or five like you have these these memories of like your father you have memories of like your siblings but it's those standout moments like what you're talking about like with your mom like you said she was working two jobs and like she was grinding like i have memories of like my mom and she's like like fighting cancer and, and stuff you know what i'm saying yeah. so like i think that there's something about mothers that that struggle and succeed that almost affect you more than um than maybe like a father or yeah or or something of that nature you know what i'm saying like those no, have that uh, no, lasting I understand effect. Exactly. yeah no, i understand exactly what you mean and and a lot of people like that's a good impact to have on on young men you know what i mean because yeah be, you know you've seen your mother struggle uh, and, and and she she bit down on the mouthpiece, man. She put her head down. Yeah. She worked hard, and and now look at you. You know, look at your siblings, and that's that's the same for for my mother. You know, I seen my mother struggle, and and it kind of it instills this, um, like this primal instinct in you to to mm-hmm. grind hard. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. No, honestly, I feel I feel like it did just because, like, man, like after my dad left, and I start seeing her working two jobs, like. Man, I picked up my first job when I was like 12, 13. I was welding. I was welding. I was helping some dude weld, making like fifty dollars a day on the weekends. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, man. That that, that motherly yeah. inspiration, man. Do you? Uh, I I don't want to get too personal. But do you? Do you have no, any no. contact with your father now or no? Uh, I mean, like I, I've had my same number since he like left, like was out of my life, pretty much. Like he, like. He he did that to me. Like he hit my mom. Like he did a like, and my mom, my mom had enough. Like he hit, he he hit her once, and she was like, "Nah, this is not me," and basically kicked her out, kicked him out. And like, if he you know wanted a relationship, you know, back then, you know, he could have called me, could have hit me up, could have done something, you know, to like not lose relationship with his son, with, with his son and daughter. Like my sister was like two, three max, and like she, like to this day, like she told me the other day that. Even if she passes dude on the street, she won't recognize him. He does not remember how the dude looked like, which is sad, man. Like, because the thing is, is that, like, I, I'm not a father yet. Like, I, one day, hopefully, like, I would become one. And 
feel like I'm gonna make a damn good one just because I know all the shit that I don't want my son to go through since I've been through it or my daughter to go through. But like, but like, I like my sister is 10 years younger than me and I could not just ever one day just like walk out on her and like she's not even my daughter, she's my sister. And he could have hit me up like anytime, but he texted me like a week or two before I was gonna graduate college and was like, hey, can I come to your college graduation? And I was like, fuck out of here. Hell no. Like I was busted ass like throughout <laughs> like college. And you just gotta hit me up. Like, cause like I was working like throughout college. Cause I didn't have any student loans. Like I had like a scholarship and all the rest of the money, like I just worked a job, like a full-time job on top of college, just so I could not so I can graduate without student loans because I just hear horror stories about student loans. And I didn't want that. And I was like, nah, I did not want this. So like uh so like like I was just like, no, nah, I was just over. Like he had no part of that success at all. So like there's no way you're just gonna hit me up after like eight, eight years or whatever, and just, just like try up. to come to my Yeah, exactly. Like hell no, nah, man. There's just like so much other shit. And then um so I just just told him no. Like I don't I don't think I don't know why you have like a why you think that was a good idea to text me about going to my college graduation. I got to understand if you text me like to sit down and talk and like just catch up. Okay. Like I'd probably still say no and be mad about it at that time. But like, that's at least something that's not just, Hey, I'm going to just show up to your college graduation, you know? But, um, you know, he reached out once before and basically was like, uh, you know, I'm going to hell for like seven family ties and all that. Like he, he was just like, He's just coming at me the wrong way. Like, I'm just like, I don't understand how much of a dumbass that you think you are coming at your son, saying that to him and thinking he's going to like text you back something positive, you know? Like a like a victim mentality almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. I'm just like, hell no, man. Do not come at me with this. But my mom, she, like before I left Memphis, she was like, you know what? You need to go like sit down with your father, you know, like, uh, like he only tried those two times and she was like, just reach out to him, like do this for me. Just because like my mom's real religious and like in Islam, like seven family ties is a bad, like it is, is a sin. But like, I was just like, my point of view is like, I didn't separate it. Like I was, I was young. Like there's, I was living in the same house. You did what left. a boy, what a boy could do. Exactly. Like I, I couldn't do anything. And, um, you know, so, but so eventually like I did go out and did sit down with him. And like like a month before I left Memphis in 2019, like last year, and I just basically told him, like, I don't have like anything towards him in my heart. Like, I don't have love. I don't have hate. He's just like a normal person. Like, if he wants to rekindle a relationship, I'm down for that. But it will never be like a father son type of ordeal, you know. So I basically like sat him down and talked to him about that. And I was like, hey, you know, like I'm I, like I'm pretty bad at just texting. Like in general, just because like I have like a smartwatch and like sometimes I'll look at read the text and then like code or be on the computer or doing something. My phone's not near me and I'll just forget and just text them back whenever. And it's, it's a pretty bad habit, but you know, it is what it is. Bro, you, it, you literally texted me this week, bro. You see how bad I am. <laughs> I, got that, I, got oh, that, I got that dad brain, that new dad brain where I just like forget everything. Oh, man. Oh, that, man. One day I'll get on that level. That's super... A, it's super, um, like it was very, it's very commendable of you to to hold your like your personal respect and like your personal dignity to such a high uh, level to where you did like you did recognize like hey this guy's essentially trying to show up and take credit for something he had no part in. 
Um, yeah. So you know that's I mean that's very strong on your behalf, and that's that's kind of like what I'm saying. Like like you you watched your mom be strong at a young age, man. That shit's instilled in you. It's yeah, like something. Yeah. It's it's almost like like if we were animals, bro. Like if we were lions, mm-hmm. and you know the lioness is like now leading the pack, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you. Yeah. You know, you give her just as much or almost more respect than than the actual lot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 no, I get what you're saying to a T. Yeah, that's very, that's very, uh, very good on you, my friend. Very good on you. Oh man, I, man, I thank you. Like I feel like in the moment I was just like, I, I, the moment, like I'm surprised. I, I like thinking back at it now. I'm surprised I did handle it so well. But like I don't know. I just feel like. I try not to let people ruin my mood. So, like, I try to just, like, let things go as much as possible. Because, man, I, like, I'm, I'm a pretty petty-ass person. I'm a pretty, I'm a petty-ass motherfucker. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I've been trying to slowly get rid of that trait. So, you know, I gotta, gotta do something. It's, it, man, there's something about, like, when we start getting older, man. Like, because <laughs> me and I you, swear. me and you were in the same generation, bro. So we, we grew up yeah. watching, we grew up watching Married with Children, you know, Al Bundy, you yep. know, and, and we yep. grew up, we grew up watching the same stuff, man. And that's, you know, it's one of those traits that I think, because it's, it's kind of leaving me now that, uh, I think it's one of those traits that we kind of, we kind of grow out of or, or, yeah. it, or it grows worse. You know what I mean, like yeah, no, one hundred percent. You forget to to invite Aunt Janet to the Christmas party, and in you know, <laughs> fucking three years later, she said, "Well, you remember that time you you know, <laughs> you know what I mean." <laughs> yeah, it either gets it either gets better, or it gets yeah. worse, you know. Oh man, trust me, I do have family members like that, so yeah, it does, I I do know exactly what you mean. Were you were you oh, raised man. were you raised Islamic? Yeah, I was like. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not a perfect Muslim. You know, like um, we're not supposed. We're not supposed to like smoke or do anything like that, like or have premarital sex or anything like that. And and like you know, I have vices. You know, like I, I smoke occasionally, especially being in Denver. You know, and you know, uh, it's taboo in Islam, like to for like marijuana. But honestly, there's a lot of like, you know, like what we call like. Um, like priests, we call uh, imams. There's a lot of Im- imams that you know would say like marijuana isn't bad. Like I've heard that from some of my friends telling me that when they went to go speak to an imam, because like I have a lot of friends that are married and their wife won't let them smoke weed, but they would go because to an imam of, and because of religious reason reasons. I think so. Like because as soon as he went to an imam and like asked him. And he was just like basically like you know like it's not alcohol or something like that like it is okay and um she was i honestly have no idea i have no idea if it if that went away or not but uh, i know he still smokes so (laughs) (laughs) like uh but yeah i mean yeah i did grow up islamically especially like coming over from kuwait to the states like that was a culture shock on its own like especially with religion being a part of it uh when you said that a moment ago, it reminded me. Have you ever seen the movie Pineapple Express? Yes, I where, have. Where the two hitmen, the one's like, I can't smoke weed anymore, my wife can smell it. And the other one says, you want to wear my vest? <laughs> 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 That's what popped into my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, is, you, you came over from Kuwait at, at seven, right? Yeah. And yeah I'm that, seven. Did, was English your first language? Like, was that... Um, Kind of, kind of not. Like, my, my parents pretty much spoke Arabic and English uh, in Kuwait. Like, 
my mom was pretty, I think my mom was fluent in like four different languages. She's like fluent in Arabic, English, French, and like, uh, that's what, that's what I was about to ask. French is, French is really popular in, in Kuwait. Uh, yeah. Um, not necessarily because Kuwait is in the Middle East. It's right next to, um, like Iraqi, Iran, like Qatar and all that. Like, but there's a, you know, there's a lot of Senegalese people in Kuwait. So like they speak French a lot over there, like in that, in that sector or that area, I guess you could say. I watched a a documentary right after the, uh, the big, I guess the earthquakes and everything. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of French speaking in the documentary. That's why I was, I was under that impression. Yeah. That's why I was like kind of under that impression. But, uh, do you speak, do you speak uh, fluent Arabic? Uh, no, I, I lost a lot of my Arabic just like growing up, just because when we moved here, my, my mom was like, you're going to school now. So like, you need to start speaking more, you start speaking more English. So, so like when you come home, don't speak Arabic, speak English. So you can like learn English because we're, we're back, we're in the States now. So like over gradually over time, man, just like speaking English all the time at how at home. And I didn't have any friends that spoke Arabic just slowly decayed. So like, I still know it a little bit, like I can get around, um, like when I go back overseas, but, and it comes back when I do go back overseas for a while and just like hang out over there, but just like every day it's, it's like, I'll say medium beginner level, like, like, like high could, beginner. Level. You couldn't do this podcast in Arabic, you don't think? Oh, nah, not even close, <laughs> not even close. Uh, yeah. I have some friends who are from uh, from Brazil, and they they speak mm-hmm. better Portuguese than they speak English. So I try to accommodate them by having like textual conversations, yeah, uh, or I am conversations, you know, DM, whatever you want to call it. I say I said mm-hmm. text textual. I don't think that's an actual thing. But anyways, if we have <laughs> if we have texting conversations, I try to accommodate them by by using mainly like Portuguese, but. Yeah, uh, it's a oh, lot. Man, it's nice. a lot of fucking Google Translate. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh man, are, are you? Uh, you know a little Portuguese? I, I take it. Very slim. I I st- so I started taking this class because it is my absolute dream, man. Like I want to retire in in Colorado, but I want to spend a couple years in Brazil. And, oh man, that, that sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. So I and so I, me and my wife have had this conversation where we want to teach our daughter. Uh, multiple languages like we don't want her to just know english so of course spanish because uh if we choose to live right now full-time in florida or even texas uh you know hispanic culture and and latino culture is so huge in in florida and and in texas um so spanish is very handy to know but but because i've been talking about moving to brazil since i was like 18 years old um, you know, Portuguese is kind of one of those things that's like, it's been brought up in conversation. So, uh, I started taking oh, man, a class. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started taking this class. Uh, it's, it's a Portuguese class and my teacher absolutely fucking hates me, bro. Because <laughs> it's one of those things that we were talking about. Like if you don't make time for it, like it's not going to come yeah, to you. And, exactly. uh, so everybody else in my class is like, like typing out these full sentences in, in Portuguese, which I'm assuming, right? I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there. I'm assuming that those motherfuckers are using Google Translate because <laughs> they're typing, they're, they're getting this shit out fast as hell. And I'm over yeah. here, I'm over here like, esta, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with it, but, but uh, no, I'm. It's one of those things where like I'm trying, but it's it's not ever gonna be perfect. I don't think unless I was to submerge myself in 
uh, like Brazilian culture, like such as like living yeah. in in Brazil full time, and even still, like I would probably still limp around on like my my shitty English, you know. No, but but honestly, that does sound like a badass move though, because like with me, like I, I I've I've taken like an Arabic class again to try to you know relearn it, um, so to speak. But like right after the class is over with, like I still like I have a, f- a few. Arabic friends that I speak, I mean, I kind of speak Arabic to them, but, like, they speak in such a different dialect, it's kind of hard to, like, understand, but, like, I took an Arabic class for, like, two semesters in college, and, you know, I still know how to read and write it, but, like, uh, speaking it is probably my weakest part, just because I, I rarely speak it, but I feel like if I go live back overseas for, like, a year, I can actually, like, you'd like, pick it pick, back up. Exactly, but I just feel like I, I need to submerge myself, I just feel like I'm I'm just that person. See, I've had this dream since I was like 18 to uh, just live even just like a year in Brazil. And just, you know, because like I, I really love like Latino and like Hispanic culture and like Mexico yeah. would be very, like very cool to live there. Um, mm-hmm. But Brazil, like there's just something about it. Like I've always seen pictures of it. And it's just always seemed so beautiful. And, and right now they're going through a very rough time, uh, like in their uh, political culture i guess uh so right now is not the best time and you know i have (laughs) i have have friends from brazil who are all the time they're like well you know it's kind of the same in america as it is over here right now so um but i that's like one of my goals man like i want to live like a year in brazil and you know i've told my girl about it a hundred times and she's like all right eventually one day you know we'll get over there and so (laughs) I'm, i'm trying to i'm trying to prepare myself but that's the funny thing about language bro is like like just like if you look at just English language, like our our pop culture and like our like musical cultures influence our language so much that it's ever yeah. evolving yeah. and like it's ever changing. So like the same people that might have learned English like ten years ago could also be, um, I don't want to say like clueless, but they're gonna be a little fucking confused if they let's say yeah. moved back to their home countries and and just spoke their home language and then they come yeah. back. You know what I'm saying? Because it's 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 just ever evolving with, you know, like I said, like with pop culture, like with the like the Kardashians making up new words. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or like just you yeah. Know, not, not to knock on them, but like pop culture itself uh, has become like this huge, almost like an entity to Americans, yeah. and to America itself, to where like we are, like we're constantly evolving, like our style and our thought processes and our our language to the point where like it's ever evolving. So learning, learning Portuguese now is like, like, it's cool because like, I'm understanding, like, like I watch a lot of MMA, which like, I've Uh always, I've always been into MMA and you know, as you know, like Brazil is where Brazilian jiu-jitsu started. Um, so like, there's like a rich history in MMA in Brazil. So like, that's part of why I've always wanted to go there. Um, but you know, I wanted to learn Portuguese just so A, I could talk to my friends a little bit, you know, a little bit better, a little bit more fluent. Uh, to make them feel a little bit more comfortable and so I could listen to like these octagon interviews and like these fighter interviews and and uh, get like the full translation out of it as opposed yeah. to relying on an actual translator or, or subtitles you know um, but even still like it's it's evolving so much like just language itself where if I learn it now in 10 years it's gonna be completely not completely different but almost, uh, I don't even want to say almost completely different, but it's gonna be it's gonna be shifted so much that it's gonna be no. different, you know. No, you know, and and that's facts. Just because, like I said, say less to someone today, and they didn't they did they didn't understand what that meant. 
Yeah, even like, that even that little phrase. <laughs> yeah, you know? like they, they had no idea. You could okay. you could be dead ass like you could be offending people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and not even realize exactly. it. That's like another thing. Like dead ass. Like like I use dead ass maybe twenty times a day. You know, um, mm-hmm. but for someone let's say that has came over from China or came over from Japan. Um, yeah. and maybe learned English and you say that to them, they're going to be, you know, a little, a little confused. Yeah. Cause they've not been here for a while, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about quick sesh though. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at the, at the actual website. So you said it's in the beta form right now, right? Uh, correct. Yeah. So, uh, it's currently in beta. So how does someone go about, um, like inquiring about this, I guess. So, um, yeah, so, Basically, if someone is just curious about quick session, just wanting to learn more, um, or if someone has, or, or, or if someone has an issue um, and they want to get a result, they can go on quicksesh.io. And um, basically, we're servicing issues three different ways. If you want to sign up and register uh, and submit your issues that way, that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, just because, you know, it, it tracks users for like uh, investors down the road. Um, Investors down the road after beta, for instance, but um, even if you do have an issue and you just want to submit it and not register, that is perfectly fine. Like we can service the issue. So there's like a big button called Get Help Now. Yeah, you click on it on the once you get on QuickSesh.io, and it's just a form that pops up. So you could be like, Hey, I have an issue with X, Y, and Z. You put your phone number, you put your email, and then we can contact you by call, text, or service you via. Um, uh, via a phone call and then if we can't troubleshoot it that way um, if you can't troubleshoot it that way um, all we can do is re- do a remote in session and uh, resolve it that way and the remote in session is very is very secure um, we're using team viewing we're also using um, google support uh, so and they both separately have their own security so which is top notch so um, they're all good I mean, like, it's all good to go as in um, security-wise and, like, people who have an issue-wise, they could just go on the website and just quickly um, put in their issue. So even though it's still in beta, people can still use it? No, yeah, correct. Um, like, and the only reason why I'm in beta and not fully launching it is because, um, one, I'm still trying to get the tweaks and everything out of quick search. Like, uh for like our IT professionals or our IT freelancers, um, uh, before they're even able to get on the site to like help people with their issues, there's a big vetting process. And I feel like I, I don't, I don't wanna say perfected it, but I uh, feel like I got that portion ready for launch just because there's like a background check to make sure that the person who is signing up to like work on people's computers don't have like a criminal history and like, um, credit card theft or identity theft or anything like that with uh, computer technology or any theft or fraudulent activity at all. So if they have anything like that that dings up, um, that will automatically, they'll be out of contention to be an IT professional. And then there's like uh, um, industry best practice exams um, where they have to score like 90%, excuse me, or above to even pass on to that. So it's like, CompTIA A plus exams, like basic hardware exams, software exams, that if you have knowledge in IT, you should pass. And they're only able to take one, if they fail it, they have to wait 45 days to take it again. And if 
totally different questions, totally different pools of questions. So um, the vetting process is very secure. And then the last one is like a use case. So we send them like a use case of a, of someone's having an issue and we ask them to screencast it. So basically they're just screen recording their screen and talking to that person as they are servicing an issue. And that is a manual step. Like, um, like right now I'm just looking over it. Like we, I'm not flooded by like uh, IT professionals um, um, requesting. Um, and I'm kind of slowly letting IT professionals in just to see, just to try to triage it if something out of line does happen. So um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty good experience in beta. And another reason why it's currently in beta and not like just launched is um, just the money that comes into it. Um, like the infrastructure now that is built is, like I said, I think I said it a hell of times on this podcast, but it's like out of my pocket. So um, like the server, the backend environment, keeping that hosted on the cloud, um, making sure the security uh, and everything like on that end, on that, on that end or on that front, I guess you can say is uh, taken care of. So if I would launch it out nationally and the amount of people that would get on this site, it would be way too much for my pockets. Catastrophic. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I have a few investors. Well, I have a few investors interested. Like I had this one investor, they emailed me wanting to have a talk. Um, and they were just very interested to know where quick sessions along, the investors that were already in quick sessions, just questions like that. And they were super surprised, man, that like I built this company like solo. I had no investment money, no body building the code for me. Like I built the code, I built the business plan, I did everything solo. So they're pretty surprised. So like they put me on top of their list, but they want to know the data after beta testing and able to invest. So and, and their investment, they told me it was going to be something like 15 percent, 12 percent or something like that. So, I mean, and that's exactly what I want, because I don't want anyone besides me owning anything over 20%, like owning anything over 20%, you know? Like I want to keep it in-house until I'm ready to sell. I understand completely. And uh, if anybody's listening, because I have such a, I don't have a huge, huge audience, but I do have a pretty uh, decent sized audience. And I know that not all of you are broke. So yeah. why not invest in a cool ass company? Uh, you can find Bilal at... Yeah, you can find me at Bilal Kamara at quicksesh.io. And just to spell it, it is B-E-L-A-L-K-A-M-A-R-A at quicksesh.io. Or you can go to quicksesh.io and uh, there's a email me or contact me form and you can just email me via there. You guys should go invest in this business. Man, I appreciate the shout out. No problem, man. No problem at all, man. Uh, before I let you go, I did want to cover uh, a couple more things, man. What do you yeah. do in your spare time, like outside of all this, bro? Because you seem absolutely immersed in it. <laughs> uh, you know, I go hiking a lot. Like going hiking is pretty badass. Like I like I like hiking just because, you know, like I haven't just like I, I like going back to the dating thing, man. For a period of time when I first moved out to Denver, man, I had some of the worst luck with women. And it's just like, it was just one crazy situation after another. I had to get out. I had to get out of it. And, uh, and, um, and like going out hiking clears my mind on a lot of things, like going out, seeing the mountains and just like walking and um, just, just in my mind, just, or like with some friends, just like talking out, 
each of our problems. That's been that's been really good. Like during COVID, it's been kind of hard figuring out like what I like doing again. Like I I, I kind of go out like kind of starting starting going out now like a little little by little. Like there's a lot of places in Denver uh, before it gets too cold, man. Um, that does a lot of out outside like patios. Like there's one street in the Rhino area, the Rhino district of Denver, um, that is completely closed off. Like and it's just like a whole bunch of tables and and um, chairs outside where people just go out there. They get drinks, they get food, and just like all chill. So I've been doing that occasionally. And like honestly, on the weekdays, if I get bored, I live I live like in the heart of downtown Denver, and uh, and there's a lot of birds next to my house. So man, if I get just get bored one night and like don't really want to go to a bar or something, I man, I, I'll just hit up a friend and be like, hey, do y'all want to go ride birds? Like, I'm, I'm pretty boring, man. I don't really do anything super fun. And the reason I asked, like, because you, you mentioned football at the, at the, the well, before. Oh, yeah. Weekend. Oh, yeah. Watch football, too, all the time. You and basketball. Watch, this is, you don't watch any MMA? No, I love MMA. Dude, I was going to get, I was going to start talking to you about that right at the end of this just because, like, I watched that Izzy fight with uh, Israel and Asanya and uh, Pablo Costa. And that was dirty. I was just gonna ask, like, do you have like a few, like, uh, MMA fighters that you watch like all the time, no matter what? Yeah. So it will end to to comment on the the Izzy and Paulo Costa fight. Man, what a fucking beatdown, dude! Right? Oh man. The reason oh, the man. reason that that game plan worked so good is because those leg kicks set everything yep. up, bro. Those leg kicks are nasty, and Izzy. That's the thing, man, is like going into that fight, and I talked about it on this podcast. I, I have a separate MMA podcast. I work for a company called Baseline Times, and they have an MMA mm-hmm. section that me and a guy oh, nice. uh, named Cody Gwynn had the podcast, which shout out Baseline MMA. Um, but the thing that we talked about was Izzy's experience going into that fight, man. He Oh, yeah. He had 80 kickboxing matches, plus now 20 MMA fights. I mean, boxing matches. I mean, this guy... A hundred total fights going in against somebody that was like what twelve and zero. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, yep. It was it was an absolute master class, man. Uh, to answer your question though, I love Justin Gaethje, bro. Who's another guy? Yep. The reason the reason I asked you about MMA is because MMA has such a huge, um, I guess like a huge origin, like in Colorado itself, and then you mm-hmm. guys actually home some of the best mixed martial artists in the world, such as Justin yeah, Gaethje. Justin Gaethje, yep. Yeah, Justin Gaethje is probably my, my all-time favorite fighter. Rose is one of my all-time favorite fighters. I love those Trevor Whitman fighters, man. Trevor Whitman is an absolute wizard. Uh, Corey Sanhagen, who fights this Saturday, he's from uh, Colorado, bro. You know, Cowboy oh, Cerrone is actually from, yep. from Colorado. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but as far as, like, people I watch, bro, so I watch uh, Justin Gaethje. Anytime Justin Gaethje even thinks about fighting, bro, I'm, I'm already there. Uh, Max Holloway is another one of those people. Oh, yeah, I love Max. I love Max, bro. And then Dustin Poirier, man. I'm actually trying to... Man, I'm I trying like to Dustin. Con- yeah, he's such a good He's such a good guy, man. I'm he, he's to- such a good person, man. And, and he's from Louisiana. I was like, oh, yeah, I love this dude. Yeah, I'm, so I'm trying to get a thing together where we can uh, we can do like a little fundraiser to get some money for the Good Fight Foundation and, and send... Oh, man, that's badass. Um, but Dustin, Dustin and DC are actually building a gym in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, and I'm trying to get uh, hooked up with Dustin so I can go help build this motherfucker, man. 
So Hell I've, yeah. I've been bombarding I've been, I, man, I've been bombarding his ass on Twitter, bro. Trying to trying to get <laughs> on that train, bro. Dude, yeah, rumor yeah. rumor has it, bro. I don't know if you've seen it. Rumor has it, and I might be breaking the motherfucking rumor right now. He's gonna fight Conor McGregor November the twenty first. I'm sorry, November, Dang, November that would be nice. November the twelfth, I'm sorry. Oh man, that would be real nice. I would love to see that. Because I, I would love to see them rerun that back because they fought when they were like both still young. like early doors of the USC. UFC. Yeah, super young. Nah, nah, no, man. Honestly, I got into MMA like back when Rampage was fighting. Rampage uh, Jackson. Like back in the old days with uh, him and like the beef with Rashad Evans and like oh, yes. Chuck Liddell. Just because he was the only person from Memphis I've ever seen like on TV. I was like, what? This is wild. But... No, I've uh, I've always wanted to like get into like a, a kickboxing gym or a Muay Thai gym like up here, but I just honestly I just don't have the time. Like I keep telling myself I want to do it, and I honestly if or as soon as COVID gets like somewhat better and more gyms open up, I'm gonna make myself at least do it because I'm just tired of just like bullshit, just just going to the gym and throwing around weights and just like working out like that, you know. Like, and especially like, like you said, of Colorado being such a hotbed, I feel like there's hella gyms here that I can join. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And that's, that's one of those things too, where like you were talking about, like, you just want to do something different. Like jujitsu to me, like, because I wrestled like my entire life. So like, yeah, I've, I've been in combat sports since I was young and I started watching UFC back when I was probably shit like 10 or 11 bro my dad would have would have strike force on in the living room oh, dang, and, that's and, badass. And, and he would he would turn on like wec and like the bedroom and we'd just be running between tvs you know and and uh so I've, I've been watching for a really long time man and and i started out initially being the guy that like i would be in people's camps if they were fighting a wrestler like that's how oh I got dang my, dude that's badass that's actually that's how i got my start fighting was uh I took a fight actually on short notice. I took a fight on like three days notice in fucking bum fucked West Virginia. Showed up. <laughs> I, fought, I, I fought the champion at my weight class in my very first fight. Got got submitted. Oh, I got submitted, and uh, I went back the next week and I started training in an, an actual gym. And I there was a couple pro fighters. There was three pro fighters, and I got thrown into their fight camps as like the wrestler. Oh shit. And yeah. uh, so I started wrestling, and then I was actually training at a Wonder Boy affiliate gym. So I started. Oh doing, damn! I was doing a lot of striking. Yeah. Yeah. So I I teach now. I teach mainly Muay Thai and wrestling. Mm. Um, but I teach a lot of self defense, man, and that's that's what I was actually getting ready to tell you was, just knowing how to defend yourself, man, is the the gift that like keeps on giving, bro. Like people look yeah. at it and they're like, oh, I don't have the extra hundred dollars a month to spend, or oh, I don't have the time. But that little gift right there, man, that 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 self confidence that being able to defend yourself will give you is just unreal, bro. And that's what I love giving to people. Like I love coaching people who are about to yeah. take fights. Like I love competition, uh, like Muay Thai training, or I love competition like MMA training. Like I love teaching people and, and getting people through fight camps. But what I love more than that is like the gift of self defense. And not only that is like when you take on Muay Thai or Jiu Jitsu or MMA as like a hobby. I don't want to say like it becomes your life, but it kind of does to the point where like that's yeah. your that's your me time right there, you know what I mean? So like it's it's honestly it's such a like I use it for like meditation almost now. Like it just it centers me. Like like I know that sounds crazy to say, but like if I don't go to the gym, like I absolutely know it because like that's where I find like my inner peace. You know what I mean? No, no, and I totally understand that, man. Cause I cause I realize how much like working out and just like going to the gym meant to me. Like just 
lifting weights, uh, like when all the gyms closed during COVID. Like I couldn't work out or anything. And like, I was just like wondering why I was like so anxious all the time. It's like, why I have so much built up anxiety. I was yeah. like, oh, cause I haven't worked out in like two months. Yeah. And people don't realize like, people don't realize like, like when you go to a gym and you lift weights or you go to a gym and you do jujitsu or, or you go to a, a class, a Muay Thai class and you just hit the pads and you do your combos or, or hell dude, even when you play video games, when you mm-hmm. sometimes driving for people, man, that's like your inner peace right there. And yeah. a lot of people don't know how to function without it, man. And I'm one of those people, like I've, mm-hmm. I've been competing, um, like since I was like 10 years old, bro, like, like oh, I've dang. been competing my whole life, like, you know, wrestling wise. And then after that, like I took the step to mixed martial arts, like, I truly don't know what to do with myself if I can't go train and learn something every day. Yeah. That's like the big thing, man, is just learning something every single day. Which, as I'm getting older, like now I strive to learn something. You know what I mean? And, Even I've, if, and, no, and I feel the same way. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you're perfectly fine, bro. Even if it's like a useless fact, like I just want to learn mm-hmm. something every day. No, and, and, and honestly, I feel the same way just because like... Uh, with like coding for instance like i picked it up and like i picked it up in a pretty weird time of my life just because i was like i know i want to like i i consciously like i consciously came to an effort of like i want to learn something new every day and like i feel like with coding like i don't know everything i, I don't know i don't know everything like i've been coding for like three years now like in ruby on rails and like i i still don't know everything there's still so much i can like learn and that's and that's another cool thing i do like about it just because like like you said like the older i get the more like oh man that's a pretty cool thing to learn and like i dive into it you know yeah absolutely and that's like that's the thing is like the older that i get like the more i realize like knowledge truly is power bro mm-hmm. like when i first started training uh mixed martial arts like i wanted to be like this badass motherfucker like i wanted to be like this gladiator like this like this warrior almost but now like as i get older like i realize like like that's not what life is about you know what i mean right like Uh life isn't life is about expressing yourself and and helping others and that's what i like to do is like just help others but if i can get through the day and i can learn at least one thing like whether it's like a stupid fact about like a movie that came out in like 1938 or, yeah. or, it, or if it's like a, like if I learned something new about like a truck or about a car, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like just anything mm-hmm. like that, man. Like I just strive to learn every single day uh, because like as humans, like that's how we evolve. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your interests now are probably completely different than your interests five years ago or 10 years ago. And that's because you're constantly learning and that's like, that's growth or that's where growth uh, like that's where growth starts. Yeah, yeah, that's facts. Just because, like, like I feel, I feel like if you keep getting the same input, seeing the same things every day, doing the same things every day, like um, reading the same things every day, like the output is just gonna be the same thing. There's nothing gonna be new, you know. So I feel like learning something new, you get something new input. So like, of course, like your experiences and things in life is gonna change, you know. What's well, like the. Um the outputs like a stalemate because yep. i thoroughly like i thoroughly believe like you get what you put in right mm-hmm. so if you're constantly striving to learn like you're going to constantly be taught new things and who knows like like you, you know that saying like you give a man a fish he eats for a day you teach a man to fish like he'll he'll eat for the rest of his life like oh, that's, yep. that's yep. true shit bro somebody somebody could be trying to teach you something that, that you could later fall back on career wise or or even just like mindset wise Oh yeah, and I man, I was such a 
hard-headed like teen and kid like when people tell me like like scenes like that or a jersey or a journey of a thousand miles starts with like one step or some bullshit like that i was just like yeah yeah whatever but man yeah but as soon as, as soon as like i hit like 24 25 i'm just like man these uh these uh, things are starting to make a lot more sense. Yeah, these, <laughs> so. these old dudes had it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, man, I should listen more often. Yeah, man, that's, oh. that's where I'm at in my life, bro. It's like I want to grow and I want to evolve as a person, not only as like a person, but like like as a father, like as a lover. Like I want to evolve as a coach, yeah. bro. Like I don't, I don't want my ceiling to be where I'm at now. And I don't think anybody should want that. Like I think even, mm-hmm. even somebody like Jeff Bezos, bro, like somebody in Jeff yeah. Bezos' position who's – the richest man in the world like where he's at right now shouldn't be his ceiling mm-hmm. i'll be striving for that iron man suit right that's what i'm saying bro. I thought, did you <laughs> see did you it. see the did you see the video on instagram with like the robot hands yeah yeah man, that was i was like man this is wild i like how the caption was like this is low-key super villain yeah right <laughs> yeah i was just like yeah this kind of is yeah, man, but that, that's, like, that's what I'm all about, bro, and that's, that's what's so cool about, like, having a kid, is, like, now I get to pass this information on to somebody else, and, like, I have, yeah, like, okay. I have, like, siblings, I have nieces, nephews, like, oh, like, yeah. I have, I have little kids at the gym who, like, they look up to you, bro, and, like, that's our goal as humans, is to, like, constantly evolve and then help others, and, like, whether it's oh, helping yeah. them evolve or helping them grow, like, however, that, that knowledge is power, dude, people don't realize that. And it really is, like, I have a lot of friends that you know i like you know they they're like amazed like where i'm at because like like whenever i started this is like i I put myself in a hole like i haven't like spoken to like i still speak to my friends like still go out occasionally but like when initially i started like i was just like such in such a bad mental space like uh i didn't really want to go out like that's all i really wanted to do and uh like after like coming out of that like talking to a few friends like i still don't talk to quick about quick sesh a lot so like just like a lot of people per se, like in my personal life, not because like, um, like I am uh, like embarrassed of it or anything like that, but I just feel like I don't want to be that type of person. Like, oh, look at this, look what I'm doing all the time, you know? Constantly, like I just constantly this. pitching yourself. Exactly. Yeah, I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't, I hate people. Like, I don't say I hate, I just don't like people like that. And I don't want to be like that. So I'm just like, I don't really talk about that. And, um, I just casually said something to my friend like a few months ago about like me trying to open up a business or open up a, my own company and uh, like where it's at now. And he was like, dude, how the, how the hell do you do all this? And then he was like, I remembered when you signed up to take that coding course like a few years ago. I was like, yeah, like that coding course taught me how to do this. So like even like so now I'm trying to teach him to like learn how to code and everything like that. Because I, I just told him the reason, the main reason why I learned how to code is because I knew that I wanted to open up a company. And I did not want to be like, oh, I can't, I can't never open up a company because I don't know how to code. All right, I can teach myself. I'm still, I was still in my super early twenties. I was like, I could just learn. And by the time I'm like my mid twenties, I could have something of my own. Like it played out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I 100% for you. And I like how you said like, you don't want to be the guy that's like constantly uh, like pitching yourself too, because like a lot of mm-hmm. people get in that mindset where like, they get in this mindset where, like, okay, I have something going on, so everybody needs to know about it constantly. Like, like Dude, that's, that's not how you, that's mm-hmm. not how you're supposed to do it. No, no, not at all. Like, like, because I have like a few friends. They're like, why don't you post about your company on your Instagram? I was like, Dude, I have its own separate Twitter and its own separate Facebook. I don't need to post anything on my personal Instagram about it. Like, there's no post about it. There's like a, a uh, something on my bio about it, like a, a link. 
and that's about it. I feel like that is enough. Like, if they're interested, they click on the link. If they're not, you know, I have my Instagram right there. I was actually reading your Instagram a moment ago, and it showed me Top Snag. Oh, yeah. That was an old company that I tried to launch. It was, uh, it's actually pretty funny, man. Something about Top Snag. It was just like a dropship website that, uh, a dropship website that, um, that I had. Like, I, I, I created, like, I built the website, and, like, I found a vendor that sold, like, artwork uh, from, like, San Diego, and, like, he was, like, third, like, like dropshipped for me, like, third party. And um, this random dude, this, like, random dude wanted to, like, buy it from me for, like, $5,000. And I was like, all right, feel free to. And he just bought the website. I was like, all right, well, um, that was a quick $5,000 for doing absolutely jack shit. Like, I literally set up the website, got in contact with the vendor. It's like 30 bucks to set up the website, $14 for the domain. Like, I had it for a few months, so it was like maybe 90 bucks. I made a few sales on it, not even a, not even a bunch, like maybe five or six sales. And um, and he was he really liked the flow of it, he liked the name of it, and just bought it. And I was like, all right, that was pretty easy. Like, and that was wild. Like, I didn't see that shit coming from him. I did not see that shit coming. I like, I think I posted something on Reddit for like someone to like make like to rate my company uh, website just to see if I'm missing something, and he found me via that. You had like your little silicon, like your Silicon Valley moment, super early, <laughs> dude. Right, and, I, and, that, and that was pretty funny because like it hit me out of nowhere, and I really needed the money too because it was like right when I first came to Denver, and like it was so like my someone hit my car, got in the wreck, and it was just like a, a lot of bullshit. And I was like, man, so that money came through on the right time. Like it was so good. Man, lessons are blessings, bro. That's <laughs> dude. Ain't that the truth? Do you have you ever seen the TV show Silicon Valley? No, I haven't, but people have been telling me to watch it. People oh, said I would love it. It's so good. Yeah, it's about these these this group of guys that start a company, and uh, they're living in a guy's incubator. <laughs> and so this guy, his name's Ehrlich Bachman. It's played by T.J. Miller, who I don't know if you know T.J. The dude Butter. from um, Workaholics? No, 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 no. Okay, he looks, he looks a lot like that guy. He has, like, curly hair. He was in uh, Deadpool. He was uh Oh dang okay, okay, okay. I just Googled him. I do know TJ Miller. Okay, okay nice. yeah, yeah. So so they live in like TJ Miller's incubator and because the the company was like created in his house, he like automatically assumes like fifty percent ownership. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely funny, man, but that's you had your, your Erlich Bachman moment for a minute and you just got rid of that shit, huh? <laughs> Dude, for real, man. Oh man, it sounds pretty yeah, honestly I need to take a look at this show, man. It's I've been, I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. I just don't have HBO Go. Like, I have, like, Netflix and, like, Hulu. But I, I, guess, I guess once I'm done with beta, I could, like, gift myself to, like, HBO Go or something. Uh, I, uh, I watched it all. because I used to have uh, cable TV, and I used to pay for HBO because I was big into Game of Thrones. And I started watching Silicon Valley just randomly. And I absolutely fell in love with it. So then when COVID hit... Uh, I don't know if you were aware, but Hulu actually done a thing where you got free HBO Go for like a month oh, to, like try, to like try it. Yeah, and I literally didn't watch any Game of Thrones. I just binged all of Silicon Valley. Oh damn! And, uh, and The Sopranos too. That's another really good one. Yeah, I, I used to watch Sopranos back in the day. Okay, Sopranos yeah. is really good. Dang, Sopranos is really good. But yeah, I, I binge watched all of Silicon Valley again, and it just it gets funnier every time you watch it, man. <laughs> do you all watch? Right. Do you watch a lot of TV? Honestly, I go in, I go into spurts. Like lately, ever since 
like lately, ever since uh, I don't know for the past like ever since the NBA been back on and like sports been coming back, I've been just uh, like after work. I put on like after work if I haven't been to the gym in the morning, I go to the gym. But um, I like put on the game or whatever, um, and like have the game in the background like while I'm working or, or going through. But like on the weekends is when I try to take it a little bit more chill. Like I watch a lot of Netflix. Like honestly, man, I sound like an old person when I'm got to talk to you about what the shows I fucking watch as well. Just a lot of documentaries, man. Literally a lot of documentaries. Bro, I love. I got watch a shit ton of that. Yeah, no, same. But man, lately that's all I've been watching. And I don't know how to snap out of it because I like I try to watch another show. Like I, I mean, I watch a lot of movies too. Like I watched that Project Power movie on Netflix. Uh, and it? man, it's pretty cool. Like Project Power, I think it's like oh, with Jamie Fox. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that. Yeah, but like I, I watch pretty much all genres of show. Like my favorite show, of, I'm gonna say like it was in the top three of all time is Black Mirror. It's on Netflix. If you haven't watched, it's pretty badass. I actually talked about Black Mirror in, in like one podcast ago, bro. Where like, like the world is somewhat becoming an episode of Black Mirror. Black Mirror, exactly. Yes, it is, man. Like, if like, it would not, it would not surprise me if wearing masks is a Black Mirror episode, like down the line or something. Like, it, even if it was, like, even if someone told me it was like an episode, like, I would have believed it because it does seem like it. Yeah, it's such a weird time, bro. Like, like I it continuously, really I continuously is. say it, like every single podcast, like it's such a weird time to be alive, bro. But it's also like, it, like doesn't it almost feel like liberating, like seeing, like like knowing that you're being part of history, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, 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 and and it is just because like, this is one of the weirdest years. People are always gonna be talking about it, but I mean. Everyone's gonna know what they did. Everyone's gonna know what, what they felt or what they were doing when this this happened or when that happened. You know, like I feel like this is gonna be like a crazy we're gonna talk about for like thirty years down the line. I brought it up to somebody earlier. I said, you know, someday people are gonna make movies based in twenty twenty, and all the yep. actors, all they're gonna have to do is just find stunt doubles, put the mask on them, and then all the actors <laughs> can actually just do all the voiceover shit. <laughs> Oh man! People are gonna be lining up for those roles, dude. Right? You best believe it. Remote acting. It's so crazy, man. Uh, Bilal, this has been an absolutely phenomenal podcast, bro. One more time. Oh yeah, man. So people do not forget. Where can they find you? Where can they find Quick Sesh? And how can we get a hold of you? Yeah. So if you're interested, want to learn more, or you have a computer issue, you can go to quicksesh.io. Um. And there is a get help now button, or if you just want to reach out, my email is in the contact us and uh, you'll get direct to me. Awesome, bro. Awesome. Dude, it has been absolutely phenomenal podcasting with you. Uh, I really want everybody that's listening to go to quicksesh.io. Think about investing. This is an absolutely incredible company. Bilal, thank you one more time, bro. Uh, anytime. And also for your viewers, if... Uh, anybody emails me with an issue that says uh, Josh sent you or the takedown sent you, uh, the issue will be free. I will resolve the issue for free. All you'll need to do is send me an email and uh, just fill out a survey and free service. Bro, I love it. I appreciate you, man. No, no problem.